five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. Well, we're going to go right over to Tom Fishburn today, and then we're going to talk about influencer marketing and the DM still works from Forbes. I thought I'd give you a highlights here of what I'm going to cover in a in a session. So if you're if you're really committed to direct mail, maybe you want to hang on to the end or fast forward if you're watching it in delay. Um, I'm ready to be an influencer for your brand. What I provide is authenticity, right? Because I have all these. I genuinely love your CBD oil. Or was it weight loss smoothies, hair growth vitamins, body shimmer, financial services? Oh, there's a financial services. Sure, that too. I love your financial services. And uh, this is the best part right here. The first line of this. Uh, I always love Tom's comments. He said, I recently heard a marketing executive. I'd like to know who this was. <laughs> it's really great. It kind of sums up marketing entirely, right? I recently heard a marketing executive say at a conference that to establish trust, you have to appear authentic. Got that? Appear authentic. You know, and, and I kind of get what that means. I mean, people tell me that I appear authentic. <laughs> and yet people also say, is that a green screen behind you? No, it's not. It's my real books. It's my real Dilbert and Dogbert dolls. It's uh, a real office that you can come and visit in Heartland. If you want to take me to lunch or something, you know, you can come in. It's it's probably the tidiest right here. <laughs> uh, and so in that sense, there's, you know, some magic going on. Um, but no makeup. I get up this way except for, you know, the hair. I have to dunk, dunk myself <laughs> And uh, every morning. So it, 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 I, I found this phrase interesting and telling. She didn't say be authentic. She said appear authentic. And, you know, I took a class on, on vit, creating video content. And Amy, uh, I can't think of Amy's last name. But anyway, Amy said I looked really authentic. And so I just went with it. Um, but... There are some people who present who don't appear authentic. They may be authentic, but they just, you know, they don't come across very well. And I've been told I definitely at least have a face for radio. Um, I did some radio commercials back in the day, which I just found in, in an old box of tapes. Um, but anyway, whether, you know, you can decide whether it is or not. If, if you think I'm authentic, you can vote. If you don't think I'm authentic, don't vote. And if nobody votes, I'll just be authentic. Okay, that's as good as I can do. Okay, influencer marketing is large and growing part of this widespread pursuit by brands to appear more authentic. <laughs> this means the fakery that is endemic to so much influencer marketing is even more striking. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna delve into that a little bit. A, a story by by Hype Auditor found that 55% of Instagram influencers were involved in some sort of social media fraud and fakery in just 2020, and that 45% of Instagram accounts are not even real people. <laughs> Yet they predict the Instagram influencer market will grow by 15% this year, which is pretty good, I think. 
Curtis Hoglin recently called influencer marketing a $10 billion placebo, a $10 billion placebo in an ad age op-ed. And I actually looked up Curtis, and we're connected at some level, and uh, he runs an influencer agency, apparently. Um, so you can contact Curtis if you want to do more influencer marketing. You may not after this time. Uh, only 54% of Americans trust businesses in general, and only 38% trust advertising to get information about brands. And I think that's probably, I wonder, you know, what I like to see is has that, how much has that changed over the years? You know, I mean, the first thing my parents kind of taught us as kids was don't believe the ads. And I taught my kids don't believe the ads or the shows, <laughs> right? Because it's, it's, it's make-believe. It's, it's people can write any outcomes they want. Uh, script writers control the world. In, in media. So as the crisis in consumer confidence unfolded, marketers rightfully sought greater authenticity. And, but they, they, they sought out celebrities, YouTube stars, and influencers. Some people think I'm a YouTube star, but what I want you to know is, with so few followers, you know I'm authentic. I sure didn't buy any... <laughs> I sure didn't buy any followers because I don't have very many. <laughs> so anyway, unfortunately, what we call influencer marketing doesn't build trust because the influencers command attention, not intention. And I don't think that's true. I really don't. Um, I watch a lot of sailing videos on YouTube. I have a couple of channels I really like. And I write to the people, and they write me back, and I think that's kind of nice. you know. And uh, so there are real people to a to large extent. And uh, the guy from New Zealand last night was was sent a box of knives from a company in New Zealand that actually gave and gave him one of the knives like the crew of the American Express, uh, the winning, Amer I mean, not American, America's Cup, the winning America's Cup team uh, had a special, a special knife to cut uh, the really strong rope in case it wrapped around somebody or something and they could cut it and he he cut it in two quick strokes which is just amazing I, i've never seen anything like that he said it was a super knife and that was a really good demo so anyway here's some more uh fish burn how do we work with fake influencers <laughs> how do we how do we work with fake influencers with fake followers and fake engagements in a more authentic way <laughs> Good old fish burden. And some of these are, are as good as today's. And here's your bill. But I'm an Instagram influencer. He says, you seriously expect, just to ask my friend, hundreds of, hundreds, I love that part, hundreds of followers. I used to have the number one, um, I used to have the number one TripAdvisor account in my city. Or for a while, I think in my state. And I wrote these beautiful reviews and stuff and got a lot of likes. But, you know, TripAdvisor just would send me the same dumb, same dumb, you know, we're so happy to get your, your, uh, your, your review and la, la, la. And then I went to some restaurants, one in Seattle and one in uh, Isla Mujeres. And I had pictures of the restaurants. And they, because they used Bing, uh, the restaurants weren't listed. And so they didn't, they wouldn't let me post my, they wouldn't let me post my review and so I started posting reviews about how these reviews are probably not real uh, on TripAdvisor, and you should definitely contact TripAdvisor. 
and tell him that I'm writing these terrible reviews uh, about a company that basically doesn't vet any content or even exist. And part of that came from the um, the, the shed. <laughs> what was the name of it? Anyway, there's I'll find it. I'll post a link down below. But there was a guy in England. It doesn't matter what his restaurant was called. It was called a shed, and he he was a guy who wrote fake reviews for companies, and he would get twenty bucks or ten or twenty bucks a review, and he would put these up, and so he knew how many he knew that lots of reviews were fake. So he created a restaurant. He bought a burner phone, and he created a restaurant. Uh, the shed at Dulwich, I think it was called, um, something like that. But anyway, he so he created fake items. You know, he like put a fried egg on his ankle to create a uh, a beauty shot of that of that menu item. And he and really, uh, no, it was a piece of soap cake uh, with sauce poured over it. I mean, you know, the kind of stuff in a urinal, um, deodorant cake stuff. Anyway, it was awful. And he wrote all these fake reviews for the restaurant, and he never had anyone come. And he was, when he started, he was the 18,000th uh, worst restaurant in London. And in in less than 18 months, I think he became the number one rated TripAdvisor restaurant in London. Now, what he should have done is he should have then sold that name to somebody who had a restaurant that could rename it and take it over that it could have been worth a fortune and so i don't think he was the smartest marketing guy on earth but the fact that he could do it was just amazing and uh it's a great story i'll put a link to the to the uh to the story uh it's it just shows you how fake the world is my wife reads reviews and i tell her the reviews are probably fake so let's get over to some hard data <laughs> this is from newsmax I don't, I don't watch Newsmax. I don't know if I've ever featured a story, so I'm not, I'm not going to vouch for the credibility of this. But I reached out to Zoe, and uh, she's from South Africa, and maybe we'll have her have a chat. May, I invited her to, to show up today. I, I didn't send her the link though. Most people don't hang out on LinkedIn like I do. So <clears throat> this documentary came out. HBO did a documentary, um, and. They, they took three people and tried to make them them famous. Fake Famous was the name of the documentary. I don't have HBO, so I haven't seen it. But you might want to check it out. The catch, they faked their way to buying to fame by buying social media followers, photoshopping mundane locations to look like glamorous vacations, and more. So the director's name was Nick Bilton. We'll look him up, too. And um, for nine, for 120 bucks, one of the fake people bought 7,500 followers and 250, 2,500 likes. And he continued to do this slowly so the social media platforms wouldn't notice the, un, the unusual activity. So he didn't just buy a million followers. That made a lot of sense. The reality of all this is that every single solitary person has fake followers, whether they bought them or didn't, because bots make up half the engagement on the platform, Bilton told Variety. The most astounding number to me was that 140 million people on Instagram have over 100,000 followers. And 40 million people 
40 million Instagram accounts have over 1 million followers. Wow. So, you know, Scott Adams' wife um, has like 4 million followers. So I used to think that was really, really great. You know, now I find out that maybe Christina, maybe Christ, maybe those weren't genuine. Or if they were genuine, she needs to inflate them uh, in order to, I don't think she tries to make money on it, though. I don't know what. I don't know if she does or doesn't. I mean, Scott's well off. He does the Dilbert cartoons. I should ask him. I should send him this article and see what he thinks of it. Uh, in 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 light of Christina's millions. Anyway, um, so hey, Scott, if you if you catch this, uh, so you're gonna tell me that 140 million people are famous? Yeah, okay. So that one, I think that was the most telling statistic. Now, I'm not trying to verify any of this, so you can. But let me tell you my Instagram story. So I had an Instagram account I created uh, to promote Miglosh marketing. Uh, I'm a consultant. If you don't know, I actually help people for a living. And I've done it for coming up on 40 years. I started as a marketing consultant in September of 1981. So I have many stories uh, 17 companies got their valuation multiplied uh, over the years, the ones that listened most closely. So if you need to get your valuation up, that's what I do. And um, But anyway, so I opened an Instagram account, and I, I didn't do much with it. I tried posting a few videos and stuff, but, you know, I don't really work off my phone. And all of a sudden, I got some messages from Instagram saying, We've detected fraudulent, possible fraudulent activity on your account. And I'm thinking, well, if you detected it, why don't you do something about it? And all of a sudden, I go on Instagram. This is basically a dormant account. And I find out that I've followed 10,000 other Instagram influencers. And they are bodybuilders and makeup experts and all kinds of people. So my, my account did get hacked, legitimately was hacked. I didn't, you know, this is not a, just a story to excuse something I did. Uh, it really, nothing really bad happened except that I couldn't get rid of, there's no way to like mass delete everybody, all the followers, because I had like 35 real followers that were friends, uh, you know, in business and stuff. But I had 10,000 that weren't, and I spent months deleting a hundred or two a day. I literally spent months trying to clean up that account. Finally, I just created a new one. I eventually did clean it up, but now Instagram has basically locked me out of it. And, you know, they don't really have, they, they don't really have any feedback mechanism. <laughs> so, so my real, my most real account, I can't use. Uh, so I made up another one and my, and my most real account, became a bot for a couple of weeks, I guess, and instantly instantly generated followers for 10,000 influencers. So do I suspect it's fake? Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. You know, I mean, the way I test it is I write to the people and see if they write back, and some do and some don't, and that's about that way. Um so they fake all-expense-paid free camping trips so they can get free all-expense-paid camping trips. I haven't ever done that, but if you want to send me on a camping trip, nah, that's not my thing. <laughs> I went camping all over the place as a, as a 
as a youth and i rather stay in a hotel or something okay the three fake influencers ended up with massive followings as well as offers from brands hoping to be featured in their posts they said yeah okay so and dominique her life completely changed she was more, getting more auditions apparently she was an actress and uh her mom came to la and they tried to get a reservation at a fancy restaurant and her mom then said, oh, my daughter's an influencer. And they must have looked her up and saw she had a million followers. And so then they let her get the reservation. Going into it, I knew it had impact, but I didn't know the degree to which the perception of these numbers affect the impact. I think it would be fun. I should tell the style consultant that I want to have a million, influ I want to have a million followers on Instagram. She's, she is on Instagram. And she does a great job of you know, doing real videos and doing real posts. Um, so she should have something to say about that. Okay. I just wanted, now I want to, mm, 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 I better save this for tomorrow. Why direct mail still works in a digital world. This is a good one. But what I want you to think about is that you can have the, you can have the option of real influence, of real engagement. Direct mail is a hundred percent delivered. You can even verify its delivery date and time. Uh, the U.S. Postal Service offers that for free. Uh, informed mm, visibility, I believe it's called. My Postal Service people can help me with that. USPS offers informed visibility for free. You can put a digital ad along with your mailing. It's called informed delivery. And... Uh, those emails that people get every day tend to have a really high open rate. You can create a link from your mailing image right to your offer. What about that? So there's a lot of tools to make sure that the mail gets delivered. Secondly, it gets engagement by the homeowner. And not just the homeowner, but the decision maker. So unlike, you know, going to my phone with a banner ad, which I don't know, i I'm really good at ignoring. I don't know that I've ever seen a banner ad that I've really liked. Although somebody told me just the other day that they finally clicked one and it was a lot of fun. So maybe I'll try it. But all that aside, I, you know, that's not what I'm after on my phone. I'm after some in, piece of information. But direct mail comes to my house and it sits on the counter. And when we get a chance, we go look through it. And it's really not me looking through it. I look through it for the true value coupons. My and I didn't get one for Father's Day, which kind of kind of bugged me because I always got one for Father's Day. I got to call the owner up. Sue is the owner at my local True Value. She she tells me about her marketing efforts. Anyway, but I did buy a bunch of stuff anyway. Um, True Values are locally owned. That's why I like them. Uh, so anyway, my wife is the one who decides what gets thrown away. I can pull stuff out for me, but I can't throw stuff away. So she decides what gets thrown away, which means that you not only have 100% delivery, 100% engagement, but it's by the main decision maker, the person who needs to look at it. We, you know, we had six people in the household, only my wife really threw out the mail. So you can think that's terrible, but what it does is it builds in a labeled data set. And we'll talk about that tomorrow. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.